Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I'm Arlene Bunnan in for Alex Pearson. Counterpoint is brought to you by Pete Seville and our panel, Michael Diamond, is with us with Upstream Strategy Group. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. And also with us is Andy Stinton, small businessman. Andy Stinton, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm in Calgary today, enjoying the sunshine. Ah, we had a bit here. We had a bit here. Well, it's good. You're giving us a a Western perspective on all these stories because they all tie in. I'm going to start with you, Michael, because what a day it is. We've got Joe. We're going to go through all these, but we got Jody Wilson Raybould. We got the beer store ripping that up, and we got the turnaround. They all kind of tie in together. But before we do that, let's unpack them one by one. Beer store legislation. We had Vic Fideli on. You know, really asking Vic. I was. How do you know this isn't going to cost money? How much do you think it is? And they're confident, they say. They're saying it's a little, they kept using the word premature to discuss that. But also talking about how much money it would be and opening things up and getting rid of that monopoly. When you heard that story, what were you thinking, Michael? Look, I think this is a promise that the uh, Premier made during the last Mm -hmm. election. It's a promise that he's keeping and Mm -hmm. no one should be surprised. The beer store is talking about a billion dollar settlement and that they uh, sent a letter today. Uh, from two of the uh, foreign owners, of foreign billionaire corporation owners of the beer store to the uh, province. Ah, this government's lawsuit. got nothing against but, billionaires. Uh, you know, there's nothing they? against billionaires, but there's also uh, nothing wrong with uh, creating economic opportunity for little guys. But uh, what 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 I'll say on this is, if the beer store and uh, I think it's the beer retails corporation or uh, whatever the beer store operates as, if they were so confident that this court case was uh, as uh, sealed as they say it is, I don't think they'd be. Uh, spending so much money on a PR campaign to tell people about the danger and the fear of having beer in corner stores. So you think they they may have a it's little a vulnerability here? I think it's you a bluff. You think so? I think it's a bluff. What makes you think it was a bluff? Just because well, they're fighting back on I, I think that this. when a legislature uh, legislates the end of a contract, mm-hmm. uh, a court uh, must uh, abide by the will of the people's house. The will of the people's house. I like that. All right, Andy Stinton, what do you make of this? Here we have, and we'll bring it all together, but we're going to talk about them individually. And Michael's absolutely right. This is a promise made and a promise kept. Those two sentences are things that any government loves to do. This is a government on the ropes. Not so great polling here. Andy, is this going to fix it for them? No, I don't think it is. I mean, I think a promise made, a promise kept. Well, that's a new thing for a politician. Whoopie ding! Ah, we can't is, we can't ding him for it though. Yeah, but no, what I'm saying is is the whole idea of the amount of money that it's going to cost, one way or another. I don't know whether it's a billion dollars or you know a million dollars. We're trying to cut costs. Ford is cutting back everywhere. He's taking money away from people. He's taking money away from healthcare. I don't see the advantage to anybody 
in doing this. And, you know, the small, what's the matter with the mm-hmm. system now? It works for me. And I don't see that we're, we're going to have to go through a whole bunch of legislation and rules and inspectors that will cost us money to put it in the corner store. I don't see any advantage. All right, Michael. Andy makes a couple of good points, if you just even look at it from a nonpartisan point of view. I mean, you know, as I said to Vic Fidelli, do you need a fight on another front? There's been a lot of battles. Number two, is this really something that is going to change people's minds about the government? It is a promise kept, kept and it was made. But is it... Is it on the front of voters' minds, do I you think, think for many voters, look, uh, I, I worked on the uh, Progressive Conservative campaign last year, and I can tell you mm-hmm. that a lot of these issues mm-hmm. uh, that really resonate with pockets of voters, Baca beer, for example, was incredibly popular yeah. during the election, and an implementation was popular, too. So a lot of times, you know, I'm not a beer drinker, frankly. I, mm-hmm. I prefer <laughs> uh, I prefer distilled beverages uh, made, made right Me here too. in Canada, some of the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, but uh, th- that's my preference. So the beer store doesn't really matter to me, but I think that when a lot of people, one, they think it's owned by the government, so that there's a government-protected monopoly for three foreign multinational billion-dollar corporations is really bizarre when we could be creating good jobs and economic opportunity for small business owners here in Ontario. So I think this is a good thing from a public policy standpoint. I'm not going to take the beer store's uh, mm-hmm. uh, rec- or suggestion on what this is actually going to cost taxpayers. Let's wait and see if it actually costs taxpayers anything. That's a, a premature discussion, but I think this will result in more convenience, more more options, allow some of those great uh, or allegedly Michael. great, I don't really drink beer as I said, uh, craft brewers in Ontario to get some market share because right now you can go to the beer store and see every type of uh, brand that uh, Anheuser-Busch... Will it bring the cost down though? You know, you can buy a Polish can of beer for less money than some of these craft beers. Look, but that's all to the customer's preference. All right, okay, yeah, I like that, that capitalism. All right, Andy, let me just ask... No, you've got no economic model or figures to show that this is going to put more revenue into the economy. There, There is nothing, because it's going to cost... It's going to cost to get out of the economy. Maybe. It's Maybe. Cost. Maybe. Okay. Are you, are you doing a duck impersonation? Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> Ribbit. Uh, that's a uh, frog. Um, <laughs> Tasty it's also. it's going to cost money <laughs> to put a whole new system in, a whole new system of distribution, a whole new system no. of legislation, and none of... There is no legislation right now, no laws, under the Liquor Control Act to sell to a small business. It's a new thing. It's a new business environment, and politicians love to legislate. And this is just this is just a money pit. All right, let me ask you, Michael. Um, is there? Do you agree? I mean, here's my opinion. You know, if if they can pull this off and it, there's no legality to it and there's no paying out of money, you can't run a government though that is asking for efficiencies if this is going to cost money. So that is a chance they're taking, unless, as you're saying, they're very very confident in these legal aspects. Exactly. Look, they'll have a very good opinion from there. Uh, the government has mm-hmm. a lot of lawyers on staff, yes, obviously. So they'll have a lot of uh, opinions on that and uh, that they will think that their risk is limited if uh, if uh, even existent, uh, if it exists at all on this matter. And I think, look, the, the increased tax revenue from increased production here in Ontario of Ontario brews, of uh, new jobs in, in small retailers and independent uh, grocery chains and uh, uh, corner stores stores could create a lot of revenue for the government and a lot of opportunity for Ontarians. I'm excited by I'm excited by this change. There is no model 
for this. Oh well, yeah, Andy, you said you're you said you're in Calgary. Go to many of the uh, stores around you that will be selling beer and wine. But there is no model. There is the rest no, of the world. Me, come, okay, hang on, Michael. Come to me with some facts. This is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to cost to implement. And here is what we're going to get economically out of it that enhances the economy of Ontario. When somebody presents those facts, not Michael, your partisan hyperbole, but some actual facts, then we can all make an informed okay. decision. So the Retail Council of Canada put out a study talking about, I think it was, and, and forgive me, I don't have the exact numbers, but thousands of new jobs that would be created by this. So the beer store likes to talk about lost jobs. Well, the Retail Council of Canada uh, sees uh, potential for, for thousands of new jobs in the private sector. So I think there will be give and take on this issue. I think it's going to be incumbent of this government that we have the beer store and the multinational billion-dollar corporations that own it running a uh, series of fear, fear, camp, a fear campaign on this. It will be incumbent on the government to talk about those benefits because Andy is right that it's important that folks who don't care about buying beer at the corner stores understand that this is going to be good for them also. It's not just about convenience and uh, cost and market share for uh, breweries, small breweries, and, and uh, consumers of, of beer and cider. It's It's got to be about all of Ontario, and I think that's what the government's going to have to do. All right, let's talk you about the context of it. Hang on, Andy. Let's talk about it. You know, earlier the Premier came out and rescinded, went back, put off uh, those efficiencies for the municipalities. And then we have this beer story. So, uh, you know, uh, we even a bob here from the Premier. Andy, are you happy that that has happened? That I said earlier, I am one of these people, I, you know, you can criticize people for turning things around, but I always think it's a wise move. Here's what I think. I admire Ford and his government for wanting to get the economy into line. I think that is needed. I think we all have to suck up to a certain degree and accept we don't have the money anymore. I also admire the fact that he said, oh, on the municipality deal, maybe I was wrong and maybe I'll do a little course change. Admirable. But what I would say, maybe their government can think these things out ahead of time so you don't have to rescind, waste all that time. Let's Let's get some solid plans in. Let's do some strong uh, cutting, reduction. Uh, let's, let's, let's do that. But let's not just go off at a tangent and say, I'm going to do this without looking into it. All right. You'd like a plan. We're going to take a break. When we return, we're going to let Michael answer that. And let's find out what both of you think about this move towards independence. Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott making a dual announcement. I'm Arlene Bunn and in for Alex Pearson. This is Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. And we will return in a moment here on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions. Going head-to-head with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And we are back. I'm Marlene Bonnet for Alex Pearson. My pleasure to be here. Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636. Andy Stinton is here and Michael Diamond. I think it was your rebuttal we were waiting for here, Michael. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It and Andy's going to try. Back. Here, Andy, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, talk. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. Just no, keep no, on no, no, no. Talk no. Uh, we so, know how to do this. Uh, Doug Ford is a politician who listens to folks. And I think he had heard from a lot of people that although... Folks. 
that there's a desire by taxpayers to see savings and the government operate in a more efficient mm-hmm. manner. Doing it partway through the year wasn't fair because, you know, other levels of government, such as the city of Toronto, aren't as good at identifying those opportunities for savings as Doug Ford's government has been. So right now, the city of Toronto will be able to operate as they were planning to for this fiscal year, but they're on notice that next year they're going to have to save uh, savings across the board. And on public health, I think there's a lot of good places that they can save money because they do do a lot of good work, and that's important. Yeah, but that's risky. You know, a lot of people who voted in this, one thing I hear, and I'm sure isn't the first time you heard it, where people go... You know what? I didn't really vote for that. And well, but this doesn't have to. This does not have to be a cut by the city of Toronto to yeah. things like vaccines or lunch programs. That's up to the city of Toronto what they're going to do. Because I think it would be better to to save money and stop looking at bans on uh, you know and studies on uh, walking with a coffee in your hand or energy drinks or watering dead tree stumps. So the city of Toronto yeah, has a no. ton of places to save money. They now have a year to figure it out. And so I think uh, this this was good. Doug Ford heard from people that they didn't want to see this change happen retroactively. So now municipalities have a year to become a partner of the province in finding efficiencies. Now, the single most dangerous place in Toronto will remain between Joe Cressy, who for four years was my city councillor, and not a particularly good one, and a news camera. So watch out if you're between those two things. <laughs> All right, let's switch it around. I want to bring in Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Fompot, really, um, really cranking up the intrigue. They decided to go independent. Andy, I'm going to throw it to you all eyes across the country watching this move and would they go to the greens would they go to the ndp Uh, to me it certainly sounds like they're keeping their options open because this prime minister is on the ropes a bit andy well i think it's an interesting move going independent because it leaves many other courses open to them you know they can go with any other party run as an independent they've they've got a high profile because of all all the news around them so they've got name recognition so i think going independent makes a lot of sense leaves their options open i would be thoroughly surprised at the end of it by the time the writ is dropped that they would remain independent because you know what say are they going to have they're just two little voices waving their hands at the end of the the parliament building Well, they are, but, Michael, it's terribly interesting, isn't it? Because they're looking to the future, and I don't blame them. I don't know about you, because if I'm looking at what's happening here, you're seeing a a, a doubt about the future. We don't know. He might get all of his mojo back. He might win the election. But there is solid doubt for the first time about Justin Trudeau. Absolutely, and uh, that's something, you know, in in January, what were the prospects for the election? Maybe Justin Trudeau would win, lose some seats. Maybe he'd have an increased majority. Mm-hmm. That all changed because, as the conservative ads are now saying, Justin Trudeau is not who Canadians thought they were. And a lot of that is his treatment of these two really fine parliamentarians, uh, especially Jane Philpott, who's someone who I've had uh, respect for even when she was a member of uh, the Liberal cabinet. I think just uh, an outstanding mm-hmm. parliamentarian. We're lucky to see them run as independents. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be reelected as an independent, but there are cases where you've had a popular local incumbent who was either pushed out by their party or or felt that they needed to leave their party. John Nunziata here in Toronto, for example, Gilles Bernier uh, in the uh, 1993 election in the writing of Beauce in Quebec. Uh, so it can happen very hard. Um, I think it would have made politically a great deal of sense for Jody Wilson-Raybould and her writing to join the Green Party. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have made sense mm-hmm. for Dr. Philpott to do that. And I think that's why we saw them both go as independents, because I think there is a very strong bond and admiration here. There is. There is a strong bond. And people, you know, I know the Liberals are kind 
going to throw it out as, oh, they're friends. And I don't know. I think they're, Andy, I'll throw it to you. They're heading into, and I will say this as a woman, a little bit dangerous grounds. And we all heard the pushback when uh, they started to throw out that, you know, she'd been difficult. And it just shows you how things have changed. A lot of women liberals everybody said we've had about enough of that <laughs> that dog isn't going to hunt anymore andy is there a a kind of a chance that jody wilson raybould thinks that if this premier if this prime minister i'm just going to say it if he doesn't make it she would go for it i don't know i you know what i i get the pushback because i think the the whole environment in canada today towards the the poor belabored woman sometimes is getting a, a little thin and, and there are there are legitimate legitimate cases but i think they were playing that card a little too much where do they go in the future you know michael seems to think they'll join the green party uh they never said represent- that i thought you said they could go with the green Party. i thought jody wilson rabel that would have made a great deal of sense for her to do it but- and i think it i think it might still happen but I think they, like I'm saying before, I think they're playing this brilliantly because they're leaving all their courses and channels open to themselves. I mean, the only thing that they're going to look stupid is because, you know, even though, you know, Michael would like to say that this next election is, is the end of Trudeau, we all know how things can change. Oh, yeah. And he may next be the next prime minister, and they're going to look pretty stupid. All right, let me ask you. We don't have a lot of time yet. Michael, let me throw it to you. Let's talk. Well, you know, we're talking, we're projecting, and looking at the game of chess here. Did Do you think the premier took back what happens with these efficiencies for the municipalities? Is there a pressure from the Conservative Party? We know that Jason Kenney was going to campaign in the 905. Do they need Doug Ford? Do they need Doug Ford as a popular premier as they head to the polls here? Look, I don't think that uh, that the uh, business of government would be impacted by an election at another level. So I do not think that's something that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that Canadians, you know, across the board... want to see a more efficient government. So I don't think it was going to be an election issue. Well, I don't know. What do you think, Andy? You know, Jason Kenney moving in the 905. If I'm Premier Doug Ford, I want that job. He owns Ford Nation. That is his prowess. I I think that that Michael's so totally wrong, which is not that unusual. Um, (laughs) Love you, too. Love you. Uh, But no, I, 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 you know what? I, I, there is usually a honeymoon period, and Doug Ford seems to have you know, jumped right out of it through the honeymoon period, right into the divorce period. And I think the overall view in the 905 is they are going to relate the Ford experience to what is happening nationally. I, I really don't think there's any way to avoid that. And, and the polls recently just bear that out. So I think a lot of people will say, well, Andrew Scheer, yeah, he's going to make these promises, then he's going to do this, and then we're going to end up with another Doug Ford. Because Doug Ford rode in on a wave of popularity. But that hasn't lasted. All right. Let me throw it at Michael here. Can Doug Ford get 
beyond this because the polling numbers were not great and he's got to be a little bit disturbed about that he's not stupid oh look can he get beyond this i mean a few minutes ago and both you and andy were right you said that uh, anything could happen between Mm -hmm. now and october uh, which is 147 days away until Mm -hmm. from my lips to god's ears we replace uh, that incompetent prime minister with someone else Uh, so uh, 2022 when doug ford is up for re-election is a very long time away and uh, and and some Mm -hmm. of the benefits of these uh, programs and the efficiencies that they're uh, looking to uh, reduce and uh, save for taxpayers will have time to really uh, show benefits. So if he can, if people will feel more confident in the economy, if they'll have more money in their pockets, and if they feel that there's trust that's been restored between them and their government, Doug Ford uh, should easily be reelected in four years, three years. And will he be agile? You know, you were talking, Andy, and it's very true. You said, look, and this prime minister might get it all back. This premier might get it all back. He's going to watch it clearly. He's willing. Um, I'll use that word again. Agility in politics is a very positive thing. You know what? I, I, I think that anybody can do the side set, and especially politicians. You know, Ford is delivering a strong message to the populace that he's going to sort government out. He's going to make everything fine. <laughs> and in three years' time, that could well be true. And he could sit there and say, you know what, I know it hurt a little bit, but look at where we are now. If that happens, and I have a lot of doubts that will happen, but I'd love to be proved wrong, I think he can just get reelected in a heartbeat. But if he keeps down this path mm. that he's going right now, you know, he attends functions and he's getting booed. He's, he's just digging himself deeper in. And I don't know how far he can dig himself in and come back out. All right, I know, but you could apply that. I'm going to get the final word to Justin Trudeau. He had a couple of, he's been, he's had a couple of attacks and a couple of confrontations, as we shall say politically. Andy Stinton, thank you so much. Enjoy the West, small businessman, Andy Stinton. Thanks kindly. Thank you. And Michael Diamond, Upstream Strategy Group. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. All right. I'm Arlene Biden here for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.